0: Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of ups and downs for Star Trek Discovery. This stage I think you know how it's gonna go, we're gonna go through the episode, give everything that we liked an up, Chris I remembered the sides this time, and give everything that we didn't like a down. So it's nice and straightforward. we're gonna run through it, start to middle to finish and my god guys this was a hell of an episode so without further ado we're going to go into Starter Discovery Season 3 Episode 9 Terraformer Part 1 Ups and Downs. This episode is kind of the episode that we've all really been waiting for for most of the season so far which is not to say in any way that the season's been bad. Now look I've ragged on quite a a couple of things that that maybe got to me a little bit more than than it should. <coughs> the Burn. It's the mystery of the season, that's fine. I've given it enough stick. I'm not gonna give it any more stick. Not in this episode, I will say that. The Burn is gonna be stick free in this episode. So what we're gonna do is talk about Giorgio because that's who the main thrust of this episode is about finally for people who've been disappointed with her arc this season we finally start to get some answers there's some more questions but it doesn't feel like question baiting if you get what i mean feels more like okay we're finally picking up a little bit of momentum here because unfortunately Giorgio has kind of felt like a bit of a spare tool in the rest of this season she's just kind of been there now yeah of course in scavengers she had something to do and but not so in this episode. This episode is very much Giorgio-centric. Before we get into Giorgio too deeply, we're going to be talking around Giorgio first, and of course that's the opening scene. So this is my first up of the episode, okay? This is Cobra and David Cronenberg is back. I know he's got a name. All right, Kovic. David Cronenberg. Is back and they have the scene that we saw last week that was teased it's the Beetlejuice in in the Star Trek TNG season 1 season 2 uniform sans the pips but as we learned last week in the teaser he is a holographic representation of a time soldier that came over from the Kelvin universe now I'm absolutely delighted I I didn't realize to be fair how much i really wanted the kelvin universe to be not so much made canon but to be acknowledged in the wider star trek family to be fair star trek 09 is pretty much why we have a continued and renewed franchise today because it did so so well so to have it addressed here even if this is it if this is the last time it's mentioned i'm still okay with that it was nice for it to be mentioned. It was just cool. However, it does raise a question. Kovic says that this Beetlejuicean, Yor, he suffered the same thing that Giorgio's going through. Now, he said it's because your molecules are meant to exist in the time that they were created, and of course, both Yor and Giorgio shifted time. But he also says something that closes a plot hole that I thought initially might have been a plot hole, but it doesn't. He says, quite definitively, that Giorgio's case is so bad because the universe that she's from has... It's gone splitsville. It's drifted further apart from the prime universe. Now, I was thinking there's two other people who are obviously not named in this episode, but they moved universe and they moved time, and that's Tasha Yar. In yesterday's Enterprise and that's of course Ambassador Spock. We don't know how Ambassador Spock died in canon. Kind of old age, you know, but he just he he died. What's to say that the same thing didn't happen to him? Who knows? Who knows? And of course we know how Tasha Yar died, she was executed. This is all fairly Fairly new and unexplored stuff. It's really interesting. I really like where they're going with this. The action rockets on pretty quickly in this episode because from here, they go straight to the ready room. We've got Admiral Vance, Oded fair is back. We've got Saru, we've got Tilly, we've got Burnham, we've got, we don't have Georgiou, we have Culber and we have Kovic. They're all standing around the table talking about what the heck to do, basically. Culber has called up from the Sphere data, Remember that? But he's called up what could be a potential aid. Now, Kovic gets one of the best lines of the episode here, which is, you know, having a sentient computer is great for movie night, but it's not so great for saving your crew, of course, which is a nod back to the two times we've seen Zora before, which was in Calypso where she's playing my fair lady and it's in, I don't remember the name of the episode, but earlier in this season where she puts on a movie for the crew. I do wish there might be a little bit more of an acknowledgement of the fact that Discovery's gone sentient, but I also do like the fact that they are acknowledging it. You know, that they're not just like forgetting that their computer's alive. But really, I'm glad to say the star of this scene is Admiral Vance, so did again. So that is another up there for this episode and it's for him in particular because he acts a bit more relaxed, he is ready to give advice but he's also... you don't feel his questions are quite as accusatory as they have been. He has helped Saru in this episode. He asks Burnham a very fair question which is so much it's reminding her that she hesitated when it came to dealing with Arium that hesitation could have led to the death of her entire crew if not for Nan. So he asks her, are you going to hesitate again? You know, maybe Giorgio should just be marooned instead of left in the brig. Because Giorgio has gone off, she's already kind of gone off a tilly in the mess hall, she flips a soup into her face which is just please don't be mean to my tilly, please. He gives the okay for them to go away on the mission but he asked Saru to hang on for a second because Saru raised the very fair point of tensions with the Emerald Chain are kicking up a notch. You know, the whole fleet's gonna be on standby. The Discovery, which has the spore drive, has to be ready to join the fight. But Vance says to him, you've gotta look after your crew because if something happens and you could have done something, they won't look at you the same way and you won't look at you the same way. It is proper command advice It's really, really necessary because there's not a lot of people that Saru can look up to at this stage. Did anybody else feel that he was a bit blasé about, oh, we can deal with the Emerald Chain? Oh, can you? Hmm. Burnham and Giorgio have a quite excellent scene together. It's in the training room. It is very much a way for Giorgio to sort of work through her issues as much as she can, but it's an excellent scene for both of them, but particularly Burnham. And Burnham, as you know, my opinion on Burnham has been a bit up and down. It's somewhat inconsistency with the writing this season, but absolutely brilliant in this episode. And particularly this scene, they are family, even if sometimes it feels like they're going through the motions of being family. They go from here to getting Giorgio to agree that you know, starting a fight so she can die on her knees is not the way Emperor Giorgio is supposed to go out. But fighting to possibly save herself or to even save others. Okay, maybe Emperor Giorgio might not have saved others. But as this episode goes on, you're gonna see is she still Emperor Giorgio? Or is she getting a little bit closer to Captain Giorgio? and there comes one of my favourite scenes of the episode, and in fact of the season, and this is very much an up, and it's Saru's goodbye to Giorgio. They acknowledge the fact that this might be the last time they see each other. You know, they've jumped in, they're at the planet, they're at is going to be the destination of sorts. Saru calls her emperor and she calls him captain. It's, It's just that little sign of respect that has been lacking completely from their relationship. He speaks about the prime version of Giorgio. She retorts with, In my universe, we are prime, you are mirror. And as Saru goes, As it should be. It is without a doubt the best scene between Saru and Giorgio to date. It's an understanding. And if it is, I hope it isn't, but if it is the last scene between them, it's a good one. It's not eclipsed by, but it's very almost equaled when she turns to Tilly with whom she has been showing so much disrespect and she calls her number one and Tilly throws a big massive hug around her and it's just lovely because this is not what we see Giorgio doing this is very much fish out of water but this is exactly how Tilly has been shown to interact with people getting that with Giorgio and not getting a knife in the ribs that is how you show character growth was really, really excellent. Was a ma- the whole scene, massive up from me. I was very unhappy last week with the dragging out of the algorithm, dragging out, yes, yes, yes. Okay, look, you know what I was unhappy with last week. So when Stamets walks in and Adira is standing there at the console and they're really tired and they're really frustrated and they're waiting for the algorithm to kick in, it seems like Adira is a stand-in for the audience here. Adira is annoyed. Adira wants to know the answer as well and doesn't understand why the algorithm isn't working. They talk about how they ran diagnostics and they talk about how they're they're sure everything is working right. And Stamets ever so gently just points out, when you ran the diagnostic, you didn't restart the algorithm. It's been paused. But of course, mistakes do happen, and Stamets handles it so calmly, so perfectly. I, if If I go to my grave with one thing I loved from this season Stamets and Adira just about there because this is a family that is being brought together with Culber as well very very much liked it okay so anyway so scene ends and they get an answer now of course the answer is off screen because that would be far too easy but when the next scene starts they are standing in the ready room with Tilly, with Saru, and with a holographic representation of a Kelpian. up. Oh. It's not the discovery that sent the distress call in the nebula. So last week we did a little bit of theorising, as we're wont to do, and we thought that maybe this is a callback to Calypso, and I was delighted that maybe it was a callback to Calypso. Now that might have meant duplicate discoveries, we weren't really sure. It's not bad at all. It totally took a turn. It's a Kelpian starship. It's the ESF Kiev. And it's been transmitting this message for 100 years. Saru is mesmerized. He never thought he'd see another Kelpian again. Then we got that tease earlier in the season that said Kaminar had joined the Federation. So in a way this was a matter of time, right? But he wasn't expecting it to be like this. We know that whenever these events wrap up, we're gonna be going to that nebula. And that's cool. We're looking forward to seeing it. I don't know if there's going to be Kelpian still there. Hopefully there will be. Till he does point out that the Kelpian in the hologram has radiation burns. So not sure what that means for any potential survivors. But so far the mysteries are coming, coming good this week. Okay, so really really enjoy that. Liked the twist. Liked the twist. Wasn't expecting what was waiting for Burnham and Giorgio on the planet. Wasn't expecting this at all. The get down and with scenes that are very evocative of Battle of the Binary Stars, uh, excuse me, the Vulcan hello, this is is how far back we're going. When you remember Giorgio and Burnham walking through the desert, this is sort of a memory of that. They are walking through the snow, they they reach their destination and Giorgio, understandably, is standing in a wasteland going, well, what are we supposed to be looking at here? And Burnham goes, well, we've got some form of life. They go, where is it? And, well it's right behind them and it's Carl you know Carl right oh he was always there with no okay so we've no idea who Carl is however already theories are flying around the internet about this one have seen a couple of good ones already first theory Carl's a Q okay now that might be slightly out there why has a Q taken interest in this particular storyline you know who knows no, might not be a cue at all, but Carl clearly has a lot of power. Carl has time to kill. Carl's not in any particular rush. Carl's going to smoke a cigar and read his paper. Theory number two: the paper, the Star Telegraph, is the same paper that Kirk and Spock read in the City on the Edge of Forever all those moons ago. There is a door standing right beside Carl. Now look at this point in time; it's all up in the air. Is Carl one of the creators of the Guardian? Who knows. Is Carl a Q? Who knows. I do like his character a lot. I'm giving him an up. What do you call a cute portal? Adorable. I personally wasn't expecting what came next. When Giorgio walks through that portal and she ends up in the Mirror Universe version of Discovery I was properly surprised. I didn't love the Mirror storyline in season one. That's not to say it was bad because it wasn't because it did show the improvement of the first season of Discovery. I will absolutely die on that hill. It started to get good around then uh, but I felt everything was very rushed which I feel is fair because you were getting introduced to an awful lot really really quickly. Now these are characters, mirror universe characters of course, but these are characters that we've come to know and love over Two and a half seasons. So when you see Captain Killy, I mean, I'm delighted. Killy was brilliant. And then you have Owasakon, who we previously met as the Chief of Security on the ISS Charon, which this is set just a few days before because the dedication of the Charon takes part in this episode. You see Owasakon fighting Reese for the honour of being the head of security. I really don't want to get into a fight with it was a kind of like whatever you want, you can have it. You want my wallet? You want my watch? Oh, there's, there is some absolutely stellar face acting going on here with just slightly narrowed eyes and a slightly tensed jaw. I'm afraid of her and I'm loving it. And the rest of the characters as well, we've got obviously Mirror Detmer, so we have hair down here, we have No Peace up there, we've got Culber in the background, we've got Stamets, we have the return of Rika Sharma as Landry who of course we haven't seen since season one. I've been on a big massive Battlestar Galactica binge recently so it was just an extra kind of yay. What we also have for the first time is Mirror Universe Burnham and I love her. And this entire scene, this version of the Mirror Universe is an up from me because I think it's a really, really good depiction. I really enjoy the way that they show Giorgio has clearly changed. She is not the emperor that she was before. She has been affected by living in the prime universe, not just in a molecular level, but on an emotional level. So when we see her step up to stop Burnham from killing Mirror Saru, who just seems to be lovely wherever you find him unless he turns out to be a traitor which would track in the mirror universe but we'll see we see a new character born in that moment i'm here for it i'm loving it absolutely fantastic fantastic the way she deals with saru as well showing him respect that he's clearly never received in this universe while also Not massively giving the game away. Like she hasn't told anyone that she's from a different, I suppose she's from this universe, but she has experienced a different universe. But she does know things that potentially, well, there's no potentially about it. She shouldn't know. There's a lot of talking about and a lot of lack of Gabriel Lorca. I will put money on it right now. Not a lot of money, but I will put money on it right now that in Terra Firma part two, we might see the return of Jason Isaacs. The final section of the episode, if you like, has a theater performance that spoke directly to the theater kid in my heart. You have Stamets narrating this wonderful depiction of her rise to power. It's silly, it's over the top, it's drama. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it, I have to say. I will get if people didn't like it because it's a big change in style. I personally did. Curtain drops and we see the Isis Charon right behind Discovery. Of course, Discovery doesn't have shuttle bay doors because why would you have shuttle bay doors? It also explains, I, I had a bit of a grin when Saru helped her into her Imperial costume, particularly the Imperial headdress, which, look, it looks silly. But in this scene, when she turns around and the energy ball of the Charon is sitting directly in the halo. Yeah, okay, I get it now. I like it, it's cool. I like the dedication. I like the fact that mid-dedication, Giorgio turns around and plants her knife in Stamets neck because she knew full well he was gonna try and assassinate her. And watching Burnham try to keep a straight face during all of it, brilliant. Really, really enjoyed it, up. The episode ends with Burnham being confronted by Captain Killy. I want to say Tilly again, being confronted by Killy, being confronted by Giorgio, being confronted by Owosicon. Burnham freely admits to what she's done. She, she's arranged to be a traitor, she is siding with Lorca and all of this and Giorgio refuses to kill her and it is a moment of weakness in the eyes of those around her. This could come back to bite her in the ass but we know she's not gonna kill Burnham. So the episode ends, it's kind of more of a ending than a cliffhanger. And I don't mean that in a kind of bad way, it just means like clearly it was made in one batch. So when it comes back for next week, we'll, we'll see. A Lot of ups, no downs. And I'm standing by that. I did not have a down from this episode. I thought it was really, really strong. I thought it was very well written. I thought it answered some questions while presenting some more, but it didn't feel like, you know, mystery teasing. It felt just natural, so really, really good. Particularly, star of the show is Michelle Yeoh. Hundred percent, brilliant episode. Probably my favorite so far. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus.